Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity Internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity, the future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com. I'm WSB's Mark Aram. Depend on the WSB Breaking News Center for immediate, immediate breaking news, severe weather alerts, or a traffic red alert whenever and wherever they strike. Immediately accurate WSB. Depend on it. The Mark Aram Show is performed before a live studio audience. No, I want this town to be near you. No, gray skies ever turn blue. Welcome to the show and a good Friday Eve to you. Mark Aram here, you there. It's the Mark Aram Show, heard Monday through Friday, 10 to midnight on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Hope you had a great week and I hope you have a great weekend planned. If you do not have any weekend plans, well, you do now. You are going to the Atlanta Improv tomorrow night at either 8 or 10 p.m. to see my next guest. He is Hal Sparks. He joins us live in studio. How are you, sir? I'm spectacular. Thanks. I feel like you've been in my life forever, and you look the same. Like, <laughs> you have not aged. What is right. going on with that? Uh, I have a painting in my attic that is <laughs> that looks like crap. Um, it looks like Hume Cronin. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I just I learned a long time ago. I've been touring since I was 17 years old. Mm-hmm. Like, take care of yourself. And a lot of guys don't learn that lesson until it's too late. So You're on, like, some Tom Cruise kind of thing. I mean, yeah. literally, are you yeah. look the same now. You did 20 years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. I, I, they wouldn't let me join Scientology because <laughs> I had too many questions and I broke the machine. Understood. So I started my own. <laughs> I I, yeah, I have my own, like... My it's a so, it's a small religion, uh, but you know, with the difference between a major religion and a cult is just numbers. So as long as I once I clear a hundred, then t- I'm filing for tax exempt yeah, status, exactly. and then all my touring, everything is just going to be like a road show. Sparxism. Yeah, I'm not going to call it stand up anymore. It'll be a revival, <laughs> and uh, you know, I'll I'll come in and pop you know pop a tent as yeah. I mean I do anyways. But then I'll come in <laughs> and do the shows in those. And, uh, have, you, have you always done? I mean, I know you're from TV, obviously. Yeah. But have you always uh, done, been stand up? Yeah, as well. So that's what I started in. I mean, when I when I I moved to Chicago when I was 14, I started doing stand up when I was 15. Wow. So yeah, and it's been. I mean, that's that's like a safe. It's the reason why I never had to wait tables as an actor is because I always had a job. You were always you know, doing. I, I was always performing. I would think that's. I mean, that's scary to start doing stand up at 15. No. But I would imagine that's probably good. Like at 15, you don't know what's going on in the world anyway. So, you know, if you bomb, you bomb, whatever. You're 15. Yeah, everything sucks when you're 15. So it's not like (laughs) that, you know, if you you think parts of your life are good, then going up on stage and having it not go well is going to be like, wow, that was terrible compared to last night. But when you're 15, you're like, the world hates me. This is just proof, you know. Do you remember your first, uh, the first routine you did at 15 or one sure i mean i did i did stuff about moving from kentucky to chicago that's what i i won the funniest teenager in chicago contest with that routine um but 
the the reality was, I you know, when you're most people, I don't know how aware they are of this, but you, the two traits you need to be a successful uh, comedian mm-hmm. and a functional one is uh, arrogance and stupidity. Those okay. are your two best friends. Check and check. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, you you can be confident later. Yeah. You can be you know skilled later, but in the beginning, you have to be so full of crap <laughs> because unlike any other job, you can't practice it. You can practice every job. You can practice radio at home. Sure. You can record yourself and listen to it back until you feel comfortable. You can practice singing with a coach in a room until they say, okay, you're hitting the notes. You sound good. You can practice acting in a class you know, until your teacher says you're ready. But stand-up is like learning to swim while you're drowning. And there's no other place to do it but on stage. It doesn't count. You can practice jokes at home, but that's not stand-up. It's not stand-up until you're in front of people. So, Hal, Hal Sparks joins us in studio. He's the Atlanta Improv tomorrow night, 8 and 10. Get tickets now online, atlantaimprov.com. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. you start at 15. Arrogant and stupid. At what point did you, did you think you hit your stride? Or do you think you hit your stride? Because that's... Uh, within, I think within about seven minutes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like you just had it. Yeah. I was, well, I, I knew what I wanted and I knew what I wanted to say. And it's changed over time. So you, you cure your nervous system while you do stand-up. You change whether you want to or not. Mm-hmm. You're going to be a different stand-up. It's a bottomless art form. Sure. You'll never run out of room to improve. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I was ready to go the second I stepped up there and I was not going to let go until they were enjoying themselves and it's you know you can never blame the audience I've always felt that you know it's like being a you know when people complain about the audience it's like it's like being a massage therapist and going I'm sorry you're uh, too stiff I can't do anything with this, you the guy was too fat for that massage yeah it's right it doesn't fault. work that yeah so so how uh, how yeah. did you get from the stand up stage to the, to my TV screen seeing you all the time well the goal was always to be kind of in the in the, in, the arc, in the arc of Steve Martin and Billy Crystal and other people especially who were making it at the, at, you know, coming up in the 80s mm-hmm. was to do you know multiple streets because they would help both things the sure. acting would inform the stand up and vice versa so I was just like I guess that's how it works I knew I have to move to LA I know I got to do it. Graduated high school, moved to L.A. That was it. And then I did stand-up while I looked for work. And I got work. I call the 90s the Sisyphus years, where I just rolled the rock up the hill and it just rolled back <laughs> every night. Like it, I could never get – I got jobs but never got traction. And then uh, after doing stand-up for two years straight every single night, wow. uh, which was – you know, I got talk soup. Essentially, I went back to doing stand-up full-time, and I was like, I'm going to do, but I couldn't leave really L.A. without sure. losing jobs. So I found ways to do stand-up every single night for two years straight. Just bouncing around the circuit. Yeah, just going all the way the up to San Francisco, even to Portland, and then back in a day to do shows all the way down to San Diego, Phoenix, uh, Vegas, and, and and everywhere in between. So someone s- from E! discovered you? or No, I had I'd auditioned for, for Talk Soup for five years. Wow. I, I kept coming back because they were always on the edge of firing John Henson, whether okay. they told him or not, because they were just jerks. Yeah. Like the people who ran E at that time were jerks. Understood. Um, the, some of some of the people who run it now are very nice and very cool, but back then it was awful. And uh, and after the I went in the last time, John was really leaving. Mm-hmm. The the year before I'd gone in there like we're going to give you a week. We love you. We're going to let you. He's going on vacation, and you're going to fill in for him. And we're going to kind of groom you for the job, sure. so people will expect because you're new and people don't know you. And then they called me and said, "John's not going on vacation. He's staying through uh. and he's completing his thing." So I had to call all my family back and go, "I'm not doing <laughs> Kidding. Week on the show." It was terrible, <laughs> terrible. And it was the same year I'd done a part in Lost and Found, this David Spade movie, mm-hmm. uh, and they and I found out they'd cut my scene oh. at the cast crew screening. Dude, no. I was sitting down to watch. 
watch it and the curtain was going up. Somebody tapped me on the shoulder and was, sorry they cut your scene, but it's, you know, you were so funny. I'm like, that, that's great. So I had to call my family twice in one year and tell them that the work Meanwhile, I did was think erased. You, you are just making your whole career up. Uh, yeah, that I'm out of my mind and I should pack it up and go home. And I got that phone call from my dad that year going, yeah. don't do it. Anyway, so, uh, the fifth year I went in on TalkSoup, they bypassed all the other auditions because they'd known me so well, and they sure. just brought me in on callbacks. And literally, the casting person went, we haven't seen Hal this year. We should bring him in for the last 10 people. And I sat in the room with this 10 people that they had picked. They mm-hmm. wheedled down 5,000 people to these 10 people. And I knew three of them. And the other ones, I was like, there's no way these people belong on television. <laughs> yeah. And the three that I knew were the wrong comics for the job. I knew it because I did shows with them. Mm-hmm. So I was like... If they don't hire me, they're morons and I don't want to work for them. So I walked in there and I was angry through the I whole bet. process. Yeah. And they told me not to rewrite the script. I rewrote it entirely. <laughs> they told me not to try to make the crew laugh. I intentionally tried to make the crew laugh. They said, you know, don't talk as if you're talking off camera. I did that did too. Because anyway. I was like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it Two my years, way. Two yeah. Yeah. So I, I did it. And after I walked off, I was like, I literally threw the paper in the air as I walked <laughs> off. Walked out through the airlock because I thought they're never going to hire me. This is arrogant and stupid. Another, yeah, right. (laughs) Another jerk around. They're wasting my time, and I've got a a bigger fish to fry. So walk out, and the airlock basically between the studio and the outside offices uh, is full of suits. All these people from E had been watching in the booth. They were never at the other auditions. Sure, they were finally at this one, and this was the one where I was like. (laughs) And I'm walking out, and they're like, "Wow, that was fantastic. Who are you?" And I literally went. Who am I? Have you not really? seen five you haven't, previous? Really? I've been coming for five years and you haven't seen my tape? Please tell me you're new here because uh, if you've worked uh, here for more than a year, I'm ang- I'm going to strangle the casting yeah. person. And and they said, what are you doing now? And what they meant was, what other jobs are you sure. working on? And I said, well, I gotta, I'm gotta. i going to go see about a new apartment and then I'm going to go, but before that, I'm going to go hit on the makeup girl because she was the only person here who was nice to me. <laughs> that was true. And uh, I got a phone call the next day I had a meeting with the executive there on the Wednesday, and I was hired the following Monday, and that wow. was it. And I was the new host of Talk Soup a week later. The lesson there is be yourself, make everything your own. and Care, not, care enough yeah. not to give a crap exactly. is my motto. Because it's like you have to care more about yourself and what you're doing as an artist than you ever do about what's going on. Or you'll never be original. You might lose a lot of jobs, though. you got to be prepped to do that. But in the ones you get to keep will be worth it after that point. And that's what happened. I got that. I got I got Queer as Folk. I got Dude, Where's My Car? I got Lab Rats. Those are all based on that um, idea. Off of Talk Soup. All, all the idea of, well, the idea of just I'm going to do the ones I want to do. Let me ask you a question yeah. in like a minute, if you can. Yes. Describe the process of doing that show every night. How, you go into work and talk soup? Yeah, like what? how does that even I get would, on the air? I would get there at 7 a.m. There would be a script written the day before. Uh, uh, an associate producer gathers all the clips for that show from the day before. The, the a writer would write the script that night and kind of piece them all together, throw in as many jokes as they could, and then me and the head writer would go over it at 7 a.m. next morning. The show shoots at noon in between E! Okay. News. Um, in the morning and afternoon. Now they do it once a week, so it's super easy and they have their own set. But back then we would be wedged in. We would have an hour between the two E! News Daily things to use their set and put our own green screen stuff in. Um, the writer and I would go over, we'd rewrite the gags, um, you know, and and put them up 
and you know I would add my own little spin you, on stuff. You personally weren't going out and getting the clips and everything like that. No, you no, had no. a staff doing the that. The staff and... was gathering every day. They yeah. had relationships with the shows. They had to clear them. They had to pull them and say, we want to do this clip. Can we do that? They had oh, to do that stuff. That. Yeah. yeah. And they'd lost a lot of shows. Uh, John had not made many friends, especially if the f- host was a female. Uh, <laughs> we lost Oprah. We lost a bunch of shows. I got them all back in my tenure. Nice. So we got clips from all those shows when I came back on because I made personal phone calls to them. I went to the TSA, uh, the TCAs and literally spoke to all the producers and went, I'll, I'll be respectful. I will make jokes about myself before I will make fun of your guests and I will make referential stuff, but I will never be cruel and you can trust me on that. And if you ever feel that I've wronged you, pull the stuff immediately. Wow. You just have to say no. And I'll even pass the joke by if you're worried about it. And we got everybody back. That's great. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Hal Sparks in studio. He's at the Atlanta Improv this weekend. Mm-hmm. Tickets tomorrow night uh, still available for the 8 and 10 p.m. shows. Uh, can you hang out one more segment? Sure. All right. We're going to come right back. It's the Friday edition of the Mark Aram Show. So I went to Neiman Marcus on a shopping spree. And on the way I grabbed Soli and Mia. And as the cash box rang, I thought everything away. There goes the dream Mark Aram on 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Here I come, you can't hide. Gonna find you and take it slowly. Ready or not, here I come, you can't hide. All right, welcome back. Uh, This is the Mark Aram Show, Monday through Friday, 10 to midnight on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB, the funny Friday edition, Hal Sparks in studio Mm -hmm. in Atlanta for uh, a couple of shows tomorrow night at the Atlanta Improv. Um, if folks want to uh, get in touch with you on the uh, social media yeah. stuff, uh, websites, what do we got? Cooking? Twitter at Hal Sparks, and then the Hal Sparks Fang page on on uh, Facebook. And uh, I mean, Twitter's really the aggregate to find all the things. My yeah. YouTube channel, all that that stuff. I mean, it's 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 like my hometown. Like I think more people are actually from, you know, like there's there are two countries we're all from now: Facebook or Twitter. Yeah. And sometimes and you go, oh, I've got a I've got dual citizenship. I'm I'm more of a Twitter guy. Yeah. I yeah. just, I just like, and I think it's good for you know. I, I consider myself a wise ass mm-hmm. slash comedian, and mm-hmm. I think it's just great if if something pops, you could throw it right out there and get yeah. an immediate reaction of uh, yeah. whether or not it's funny or you, not. You think about all the comics you've seen over the years who went. So I'm, this guy walks up to me in this thing, and I tell, I, he says this, and I say that. Yeah, that was that's the whole bit. Or I saw this sign when I was driving that said this, and I made this joke. You're basically doing, that's how they used to do tweets in the old days. Yeah, exactly. You'd have that moment, but you'd have to keep it to yourself and resell it to the audience. You'd have to tell them what the sign was, all the content, <laughs> you'd do all this setup just to give the joke that you had pop into your head. Now you can take a picture of the sign, make that joke, and Ooh. then do different jokes on stage. Sure. You don't have to, you know, because yeah. you don't want to, you don't feel like that joke died on the vine. And that's the best thing about Twitter is that there, it's a home for wayward jokes. Jokes that don't deserve stage time, but are valuable. Sure, you know, and I'm not topical on stage at all, so all my topical stuff ends up being on in my Twitter. Twitter feed. All right, he's a must follow. Uh, yeah. Go see him tomorrow at the uh, at the Improv, eight and ten p.m. Saturday night, AtlantaImprov.com. Tickets still available. Uh, it's been an honor. And yes. Next time I see you, I want you to look a lot older than you do because won't happen. Sorry. Gosh darn. I'm gonna darn. look younger and fitter <laughs> just to be annoying. Excellent. Thanks for coming in, Hal. Yeah. All right. News, weather, and traffic next. This is. 
The Mark Aram Show. I'm WSB's Herman Kane and depend on this. Whenever and wherever there's breaking news, severe weather alert, or a traffic red alert, the WSB 24-hour breaking news center will tell you about it. News 95.5 and AM 750. WSB, depend on it. Top pop fizz fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. The Mark Aram Show. Welcome to the show, Mark Aram here, you there. Welcome back to the program uh, with you 10 to midnight every Monday through Friday here on News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. Uh, not very funny this week, so I brought in uh, someone that's professionally funny. He's Bob Marley. <laughs> Welcome to the show, sir. How Thank, are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm, it's not, I live in Maine, so I, I got off the plane. It's like 95 degrees down here. It's which crazy hot We right haven't now. seen 95 degrees I don't think ever in what, Maine. Where in Maine are you from? Uh, the Portland area. All right. right. I used to spend, this is make me sound really rich yeah. and snooty. I used to summer in Bitterford Pools. <laughs> By that, I mean we rented a house for two weeks. Yeah. And, you know. And the Bitterford Pools is nice, but the actual town of Bitterford's a little sketchy. It is very sketchy. Yeah. And, not, and nice people, but not the brightest people. Like, really? Well, this is how you know it's spring in that area because the maple buckets are hanging on the telephone poles. <laughs> <laughs> You're not getting much out of the pole. You're no, no. I I love Maine. I've never been up to the like the gorgeous northern coast. Yeah, there's not a lot. I mean, in the winter, let's not even go. You, yeah, there's no need to go. Can't go there. It's unbelievable. I saw the news about you guys though last winter down here with the, with your two inches of snow. <laughs> I, I, it was Snowmageddon. It was unbelievable. We were all going, I don't understand what's <laughs> happening. We were watching CN. We're going, is it, it looks like The Walking Dead. All the cars are just on the highway. People just walking off. I was like, okay, I, is, what's going on? It, like, it, it was, snowed. Well, it was probably the worst experience Atlanta's had post-Civil War, I would <laughs> imagine. I mean, just... It was awful. I had a plow on my truck. I could have come down here and made millions. That's what I said years ago when we had a first uh, 2000, Jamie. Mm-hmm. You remember the 2000 mm-hmm. ice storm? I said, if you want a pickup truck, yeah. go buy a freaking plow, right. put it on. You are going to clean up the next time it snows or has. Absolutely. We had one storm this past year, four feet of wow. snow, one storm. And my wife came in the living room. She goes, I just saw on the news that roofs are caving in all around the state because there's so much snow. Don't you think you ought to? Get up there and shovel the roof off. I go, that's a great idea. Shovel yeah. the roof off. Yeah, don't you think you ought to clean the oven while it's running? <laughs> I'm not getting on the roof. Oh, my Jackie Chan. So, you, all right, so you're, you're from Maine, and you, you've stayed in Maine. Yeah, I, well, I lived in Los Angeles for 11 okay. years, and then I moved back to Maine because when we had kids, we went back because I, I, I wanted my kids to have what I had, which was horrible weather and no money. <laughs> so we brought, we brought them back. And, and limited female options, I would imagine. Yes. How are the women in Maine? I, well, they're pretty rugged, yeah. a lot of them. I've got one of the good ones, 
And uh, although I will say this, in February at one point it was minus twenty six degrees, and that was the day my wife decided to get the car washed. <laughs> now, a- listen, I'm not a very bright man. I'll, I'm the first to admit that. I only know a few things in this world. Mm-hmm. One is don't wash the car if it's minus twenty six. This is a bonus I'm going to give you this morning or this evening rather. Uh, never take a suppository and a sleeping pill on the same night. That, that wouldn't work. That no. doesn't end well for yeah. anybody involved. But anyway. I'm on the couch. I feel the call from my wife. She goes, hi, Bob. I'm in the driveway. I'm like, oh, my God, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm inside. Come on in. We'll be together. Yeah. She goes, oh, God, I, I can't get out of the car. I'm like, okay, we got spina bifida. What's going on? <laughs> I just can't get out of the car. I'm like, okay, well, I can't get off the couch. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> so finally I go out in my Boston Bruins Walmart jamas. Yeah, I've right? seen them. You ever buy jamas at Walmart? The uh, best. They're unbelievable. They've got you know different logos: Pennzoil, Mountain Dew, Skinnerd, Molly Hatchet, Billy Squire. <laughs> anything, <laughs> yeah, anything you might need. Yeah. The All first time you wear them, they're so comfortable. You wash them, dry them. They're capris. Yeah, <laughs> up to well, my knees. I, I had the same thing with Old Navy clothes. They yeah. should Old Navy should be like, all right, these clothes are disposable. Just a heads up, it's <laughs> I, it's nine bucks for shorts, but I, they are disposable. They're gonna shrink up. They just fall apart. It's uh, like they disintegrate. Well, I mean, I have no problem because they're great clothes for nine bucks. You get yeah. a pair of shorts you can wear for the summer. But yeah. you know, that's it. You're not. Well, those are like another. the jamas I had. Six forty nine. I'm in the driveway. I look like Robinson Crusoe. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I look like the Hulk after he got pissed. <laughs> and I'm my wife is cryogenically frozen in the car like Ted Williams. Just sheets of ice. Yeah. So I'm yelling at her. What do you think it is? And she's like, I don't know. I I went to the grocery <laughs> store. I'm like, Yeah, no, that wouldn't do this to a vehicle. <laughs> and she goes, I I I did get the car washed. Okay, well, uh. don't be so dismissive, Matlock, because that's what it was. <laughs> It, like a professional car wash is even open at minus 26 or unbelievable she hand? we have a lot of salt up there you got to get the yeah, salt off the vehicle off. but uh so she's she's yelling at me through the window go to walmart bob and get the de-icer <laughs> the what you spray it in the lock that's that's where we live yeah you have to buy some spray yeah to get yourself out of the car so i go to walmart in my jamas i'm fitting right in <laughs> over there it's like walmart is like the bar in star wars you know <laughs> i was there two days ago i saw a guy with no ears and his wife had a hairy chest i'm not even trying to be mean uh, i'm i'm not trying to be mean. i'm just saying i can't shop when i see that happening because i find myself following them around the store like people watching yes yeah, signaling other people come over here <laughs> look at this look at this guy I, see something. <laughs> I always thought it was unusual that their uh in-house clothing brand is faded glory Yes, right. It's like <laughs> that's a pretty apropos. How, how, how more is. apropos? Well, hold sometimes. on a second, uh, right? Chuck. Check F- the loggers. Walmart uh, sponsor yeah, tonight. Right, Are right. they sponsor of the show? <laughs> oh, Target. No, we're good. Yeah, Target. Have Target. I yeah. noticed one thing at Walmart. Is it just me, or is, uh, most of the employees look like they've recently had an injury of some sort? You know, like, I asked one guy. I go, Do you have the de-icer? And he's got a, a a weird leg limp. And then he yelled at another employee that had an eye uh, an eye patch on. I'm like, <laughs> what's, You guys got a Fight Club in the break room? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, is this a department store or a triage for the Civil War? This uh, is like unbelievable. So they have Walmarts in Maine. I'm we surprised. have Walmart. Walmarts like, hey, come on, you know. See, back when I used to summer yeah. in Maine, there was no, you had the general store. You down. didn't have a Walmart. You did, you know. Yeah. So down. you're getting civilized. We're getting stuff. pretty big up there. Yeah. It's uh, you know, and and I do a lot of gigs around there. Which um, I did a gig in a place called Sanford, Maine, okay. recently at a place called the Comedy Barn. So I first of all, people in Maine are are, are different. They're like, don't ever get directions from anybody up there if you ever go. So I'm I can't find the place. So this guy's raking leaves, and I stop. I go, hey bud, and he goes, yeah. And I go, do you know where the comedy barn is? He goes, mm-hmm. I go, you want, do you want to share? He goes, all right. Here's what you're gonna do. A lot of pants pulling, like mm-hmm. it's a GPS system. 
you know, <laughs> the looking the around and, oh, right, here's what you're going to do. Then they always say stupid things. He goes, God, I know how I'd go. I'm like, okay, unless you're, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to share, you know. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, I, I like the second thing they say. You going right from here? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to another location, and then I'm going to use your Omni-Arn directions. So this is what he says. He, he goes, go down here a bit. Nobody knows how far the bit is. You know, yeah, a, a bit. Quarter mile, yeah. half mile. Two and clicks. So you're going to come to an intersection, take a straight. <laughs> Followed up by this. That will take you straight through the intersection. Really, Rand McNally? Take a straight. Right. Then he goes, then you're going to come to a fork in the road. You're going to want to make a right, but don't. <laughs> no, no, I don't just want to bang random rights for no reason. So I, I finally get to this place. It's the comedy barn. The C and the B had fallen off the building. It just says Omedy Arn. Uh. So I'm on stage. I'm I'm halfway, th like maybe 20 minutes into my set or whatever. And this lady is completely hammered. She starts from the back of the room. You, you, Bob Marley, you. She goes, you're not even from Maine. I go, really, honey? I go, do you think I flew in for this event? <laughs> I go, who would take this gig that doesn't live here? The Omedy Arn. Yeah, do you think there's a comedian in New York going, should I work Vegas or Tahoe? No, give me the people from the Omedy Arn on the phone. <laughs> That's not even the worst gig I've had recently. I, I did a gig for a Greek guy up in Maine. He saw me, and he goes, i got to hire you. You're going to do a show for my, my grandmother. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be my grandmother. She, you're going to be out in the driveway. She drive in. You surprise her. You jump out behind the tree and tell your, your joke a thing. Right? Okay. I go, okay, whatever. <laughs> Sounds fine. I'm such an idiot. I, yeah. I agreed to it. So she, he go, He gets a call. He goes, everybody hide now. Hide. So we, he goes, I give you the signal. And I'm hiding behind an oak tree. The signal apparently is him kicking me as hard as he can. <laughs> you're up. In the Right. So I run out with a microphone in my hand. And she's 89. This lady's pulling in with a Cadillac. She doesn't know. I'm, I'm a lunatic to her. I have a silver object. Could be a gun. Yeah. She doesn't know. And I'm like, hey. I jump out behind the tree. And she hits the gas and hits me in the knee. This is like <laughs> six months ago. And he comes. He's yelling at me. What are you doing to her? And I go, I did what you told me to do. He goes, what are you going to do? now? I go, I'm probably going to dig my patella out of my tibia and then go home. I did, mean, Did he spray you with Windex to make it all better? That's it. <laughs> yeah, Bob yeah. Marley's in town at the punchline this weekend. Hilarious stuff. Um, you, you mentioned the directions, uh, Jamie, this is, I, I do traffic on television in the mornings. Yeah. So I always find it funny if I'm uh, out and about in town and someone from out of town just happens to pick me to ask for directions. Like, <laughs> do you, do you know how to get to Lenox Mall from here? And it's like randomly asking someone for, uh, you know heart medicine recommendations and just happening upon a surgeon. Right, right, right. They, they asked the traffic guy, do you not take the Lennox Mall? I'm like, well, I've got nine ways. You know, what do you want? <laughs> right. But I'm going to incorporate some of those others. You guys are really, I mean, it, it's a big challenge to do traffic in this because it's such a big, you know, we don't have traffic in our local news where I live. Really? We have weather. The weather guys, like the weather guy down here, I turn it on. They're all good looking. Yeah. Down south, like there's 75 across the board. <laughs> pow, pow. <laughs> Like, where we come, it's just some guy that comes out in the fetal position. He's like, Ur. he He just, he has a barrage of BS because he has no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. He's like, later on of the early mid-boardy evening after, dude, chance of rain, sleet, and snow, tsunami-like temperatures, sunshine peeking around, cloudy sunshine, uh, cloudiness with that sunshine. He's you, like, he said nothing. You do a great Atlanta weather guy. That's right. freaking awesome right there. Well, they, 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 it, there's nothing to do. Yeah. It's so nice down here. 75. <laughs> pow, pow. Uh, as 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 a main native, um, yeah, I'm a huge fan of lobster rolls, fried whole belly clams. Yeah, a couple of things tough to get down here. Um, lobster roll 
preference. Do you no. like the mayo or the hot butter? I'm a fan of the mayo. Really? Yeah, you got to eat a lobster, just eat it yeah. with the butter. Don't ignore putting it in a lobster roll and then taking it out. My wife does it. She's like, I like the butter better because that's... She puts a cup of butter next to the lobster roll, has the, the roll with yeah. the lobster meat in it, takes dunks the lobster it. meat out, dunks it in the butter. <laughs> I'm like, now you have a soggy roll. See, I grew up in Connecticut where it buttered is the preferred choice of the lobster wow. roll. Wow. But I know there's, you know, you go to you go to Massachusetts and it's it's mayo, and I didn't know what the preferred... yeah we I like the mayo, chop it up. Listen, Massachusetts. I'll eat them both. I oh mean, yeah, there's no it's question. Unbelievable, but... Ma- Massachusetts. I was just down the Cape. Yeah. in Massachusetts. <laughs> Everybody in Massachusetts, kid. Hey, kid. Good job, kid. Good job, kid. There you go. <laughs> Talk about traffic. The getting from Boston down to Cape Cod on a Friday. We left Friday and we got there Tuesday night. It was like unbelievable. Because well, Obama's at uh, Nantucket or whatever. That could be. Or Martha's Vineyard. I love it when you're in the traffic, though, and people keep craning. Wonder what it's going on. <laughs> they pull onto the side. Well, that road to the Cape is ridiculous. Yeah, pull back. <laughs> what is it? What do you mean? What? It's traffic. Yeah, exactly. What do you mean? What is nothing? It's got to be something. All right, real quick before yeah. we go to break. Um, best... Clam roll, uh, clam roll, lobster roll joint in Maine. If clam I'm going bake. up there, where is that? Pine Point, clam Scarborough, bake. Scarborough, Maine, Pine, Pine Point. Point, the clam bake. You ever been to Bob's Clam Hut in uh, Kittery? Mm-hmm. I've that's been to Bobby's. Stuff. Yeah, that's right on where all the outlets are. Yeah. Yeah, I've been to Bobby's, and Red's Eats is good, too. Red's Eats, Up yeah. in Damascata. That's wicked. But uh, There's a couple in Kennebunk mm, that uh, I can't forget their names. Where though. the bushes are down exactly. there. Exactly. I got married down the street from where the president lived with Barbara. No kidding. And I went by with my wife, and we stopped. I went to, this is like, I've been married 16 years, 19 years now. And so I went to put the invitation into the mailbox. This is when he was still, like, the guy. Yeah. I went to put the invitation in the mailbox, and three guys ran out of the shrubs. Tackled you. Know, you. With sunglasses on. Yeah. They go, what are you doing? And yeah. I go... I'm uh, inviting the president <laughs> to my wedding. He goes, he's not coming. And I was like, what? He's like, give me the envelope. Get him down. Here's I'm, your I'm like on the ground. So I, it was like the, the Coca-Cola commercial with me and Joe Green. So I walked off like, uh, you know, all dejected. And then he goes, hey, kid. I turned around. And he goes, I'll give it to him. But he's probably not going to come. <laughs> That's it. Hang on. I, I got to tell you my story about the Secret Service yeah. when we come back. Bob Marley in studio. Stick around. More to come. This is The Mark Aram Show. Mark Aram on 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. All right, welcome back to the show. Mark Aram with Bob Marley in studio. Hilarious comedian. And he just told the uh, George W. Bush story. <laughs> yeah. Um, George Herbert Walker Bush. Yeah, the first me. one. The me first getting one. tackled by the Secret Service on the front lawn. So we get to New York, and I pull up front at 30 Rock like like an idiot. I'm yeah. from Maine. I don't know. I'm like, I'll just park out front. And I didn't even get the car and park, and the cop's like, get out of here. <laughs> So I go in, I park, leave my, drop my mother. I go park nearby, like in New Jersey someplace. Yeah. And when I get back, she's gone. My mother's gone. I don't know where she is, but she's gone. And part of me was like, okay, cool. I don't have to deal with her anymore. <laughs> she's gone. So I go into the show and Juliana Huff's there. So I'm in the hallway standing there and, and you know, she's beautiful. Yeah. She's got nine people in her entourage. I'm from Maine. I have my mother with me and I can't find her. <laughs> so as Juliana Huff is approaching me, I, I don't know what I said, but I think this is what she heard. Hi, my name's Bob Lally. <laughs> I'm from Maine. <laughs> just the look on her face. Yeah. She just kept walking like, who's this idiot? Yeah. So I go out. Jimmy Fallon, like the nicest guy in the world. I do the first joke. Everybody laughs. And when you're on those TV shows, it, it's all you're, it, you're all in your head. It's, if you're the comedian, it's all in slow motion. Mm-hmm. It's like a fantasy. They're laughing, going, yeah. And you're going, oh, my God, this is going good. Yeah. Tom Cruise might be watching. I could be in Mission <laughs> Impossible 8. Wacky sidekick. <laughs> right? All that's going through your yeah, head. Absolutely. I'm like, clear my schedule. Somebody call the Omidy yeah. Arn. Tell him I can't make it. 
So right before I get to the second joke, there's a little pocket of air, and all I heard and all anybody in the audience heard was... Oh, no. <laughs> so now you can see it if you YouTube it. The first joke, I look dynamite. I look like Rodney in his hay. Yeah. The second joke, I look like I'm on crack because I'm searching the audience like, your mom and her like Lee Harvey Oswald looking for <laughs> my mother. Even to the point where the camera guy's like, pull back a little. Something's going on here. Go to the Betty Crocker commercial. <laughs> so I finally spot her in the front row. She's in the front and she's staring at me going... I'm like, really, Ma? You wouldn't even sit in the front seat of the car. Now you're in the now front row ruining me. Oh, that's awful. But, yeah. Those, those shows are, are fun. The first time I did Letterman, I, I was my parents were in the front row arguing with each other. Same deal. I did the first joke, and my dad's going, he's up there right now, Masha. If you'd shut it, <laughs> I could hear what he's saying. Oh, why don't you put a sock in it, Bob? Put a sock in it. And I'm like, okay, here we go. They're ruining me. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. All right. Uh, tell the folks how they can find you on the internet and Twitter and all that uh, stuff. It's bmarley.com. That's B-M-A-R-L-E-Y.com. It's Bob Marley Comedy on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, just a coincidence. No relation, obviously, to the reggae superstar. Um, <laughs> I'm an Irish guy from Maine. So, All right. Uh, news, weather, and traffic next. Stick around. This is The Mark Aram Show. Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity. The future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com.